This is Lost in the Music by Tina Martin on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Lost in the Music You're making me high Like Lucy in the sky You know I got diamonds On the inside Material girls Just wanna have fun Oh baby it's a wild world And we've only just begun Sugar tastes sweet Then I fall at your feet I'm in a place called vertigo But suddenly I'm in too deep Now I'm spending my time Drinking red, red wine I'll take a ride on your disco stick I kissed a girl and I liked it, yeah Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Before we start, I want to just send uh, best wishes out to all my friends in China. Please stay safe. 
please keep in contact with us. Uh, on a good note, I would like to say that we're finally on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. So please go to that website and search for Tell Craig Your Story. We're also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Okay, so my guest today is an ARIA-nominated nominee. She has won a golden guitar at the Tamworth Country Music Festival. It's none other than my good friend since kindergarten, Tina Martin. All right, so here we go. This is the interview that I had with Tina in January on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Tina, how are you? Craig, I'm great, mate. Lovely to hear from you. It's been a, a, a little while. It's been a very, very long time. Uh, I, I'm just trying to remember earlier uh, how long, when was the last time we actually met? I think uh, I, I went out with Yasa uh, when he was in Newcastle as well. And, Might have been uh, a catch-up all... at Honeysuckle something. Yeah, like Honeysuckle. But, but when? Was it five, six years ago? It's probably a little bit longer than that but I think we're planning to catch up uh, and do some American escapades and go from one side to the other and we were going to you know get this road vehicle and RV thing and we're going to drive ourselves across Route 66 (laughs) and bring guitars in the back of the vehicle and just you know stop along the roadside write songs get inspired climb up some mountains whatever and yeah and just do it. And maybe we could do that one day, but it just didn't happen, but that's okay. You inspired me to go on my own escapades, and I ended up going to the U.S. anyway. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah. And you went with your sister, and uh, you caught up with Yasser as well? Yeah, we did catch up, and uh, Yas, being as awesome as he is and as generous as he is, he managed to organise for me and my sis to go uh, to the Magic Castle uh, in L.A., which was pretty awesome wow. because you've kind of got to go knock and the door will open and kind of like things <laughs> out of uh, a labyrinth and you know bookcases move and owl's eyes and picture frames are doing weird things and following you around the room and there's all these secret doorways and and then there's magic acts behind the curtains and and then you've got this beautiful like you know almost sort of yeah, a succulent meal, um, beautiful Californian wines, and then you go back mm. down into the castle and watch the next magic show. So it was, it was very, very Hollywood. <laughs> uh, but it, it was, it was awesome. You weren't allowed to take photos in there. It's got this real kind of, um, yeah, you can knock and the door will open and you're in this scene of labyrinth or something. But that that was really wild, and. Uh, yeah, there's either lots of musicians going, there's there's actors. Mm. Um, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, I think, was on the board of the Magicians Society. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just great to see Hollywood and showbiz on uh, a different side of, yeah. And you and you went to Napa Valley as well because uh, you, you, your business is in the wine industry. Yeah, Napa Valley, um it was interesting trying to learn to drive a car on the opposite side of the road. Um, <laughs> it took How about three or four days of, uh, yeah, my sister kept taking photos of me while I'm like looking like a stressed, you know, stressed bunny. Um, and I was red like a beetroot, as we would say down under, um, faces <laughs> bright red. 
Um, and it, finally I, I did conquer it. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's really different. But, uh, no, it was so good because there, there's like 850 cellar doors in Napa itself, but then you've got Sonoma and then you've got, um, you know, other regions within Napa and then there's some further south and more north in the Russian River and Paso Robles as you're coming down the coastline. So, yeah, the, every, the states, they love their wine. Uh, they, yes. they, they love their entertainment, their, their musicianship. I love the way they love us Aussies too. i got a whole lot oh, of, yes, of course. Uh, like, come back, y'all. And, I mean, <laughs> but, but, oh, good for you, good for you. Whenever I yeah. talk about music or wine or just, you know, how cool it is to be an Aussie, um, we had this, you know, camaraderie. I just loved it. So, yeah, no, I'd love to do that all again. But, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, the wine industry over there um yeah the bottle prices are pretty expensive uh, so mm. um but yeah no, the quality yeah re- really beautiful pinot noir and chardonnay um and some excellent cabernet french style bordeaux blends so yeah i'm very impressed wow. very nice the, the one good vibe that i got from uh, los angeles uh, particularly is that uh when you went there, there wasn't a lot of people that uh, I met that were actually born in Los Angeles. They were, oh, I'm from Detroit or I'm from uh, Chicago. or And it's like, what are you doing here? And it's like, well, I'm here to become a musician. I'm here to become an actor. Uh, I want to be something creative. And I just love that. I love uh, hearing people's stories on how they've come from the countryside and, you know, even if it doesn't work out, at least they're giving it a go. I love that. Did you wow, get that sort well, of vibe as well? Totally concur with you there, Craig. Um, even just at the hotel, we picked a fabulous place to stay for a few days, uh, the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Oh, wow. And uh, by poolside one afternoon while we're just enjoying the last few days in L.A., um, the wait stuff beautiful girls coming over taking your drinks orders and being very attentive and this one girl she kind of looked like a modern day Marilyn Monroe and but she actually was Australian and she was from South Australia Uh, but she's been living in the States for quite some time and uh, trying to get her start with acting and she was only maybe 20 you know world's her oyster but you know like you said waiting tables waiting for that big dream to happen and and that's good because that's what I've learned. You've got to go hard or go home um, and right. go for broke because, uh, you know, my my good friend growing up playing, making music, touring with uh, Keith Urban, I, I saw the same things with Keith. It was kind of like he kept doing it when everyone else probably had to run off and get a day job like myself. And yeah. he just was unwavering in his faith. And, well, it – it was getting hard because he did have conversations with me at one stage um, of the game saying, look, when I'm coming back to the States all the time to try and break in, um, you know, I'm, I'm performing to six people, Tina. And yeah. Every, yeah. every half an hour, I remember this gig and many like it. One person leaves the bar room and I'm singing to five people with my three piece band at the time called The Ranch. And uh, which Jerry Flowers is his still very faithful, uh, amazingly talented bass player. Um, 
and and Jerry was with him to see all that too. Um, and then the fifth person walks out, the fourth, the third, and so forth until he says, for the last half an hour of the gig, we are just singing to the bartender. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm losing my mind. What am I doing? But this is this is all I know what to do. This is what I love to do. Um, but, you know, it certainly that took nerves of steel to just keep pushing through. And I'm, I'm just so happy. I'm really proud that he did it because uh, life is too short. We had this little chat before about it's 2020. Um we're, we're all getting a little bit older and <laughs> it's about seizing the day and opportunities. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know. It's like sliding door moments. The door closes and maybe you should have took that way. You take another way. But I think it's all just a great learning curve. And um, it's, yeah, whenever you want it ready to learn great life lessons, it's, you know, it's inspiring and you, you're going to take that with you for the rest of your journey. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really lucky that I've met some really wonderful people um, yeah. that, that, that have kind that of have the... shown me, have shown me that, well, yeah, sometimes to the point of craziness. Um, <laughs> but then there's times when, like, I, I was meant to be performing at a gig uh, yesterday mm. and our drama, I've got a three-piece band at the moment, we're called Pretty Irresistible, um, uh-huh. and <laughs> we, uh, we're – an all-girl band singing all-girl hits, but I'm also still writing some songs at the moment. And there's a studio space that we're putting some tracks, you know, aside. We've done some recordings in the past. We want to look at our options, and we're just loving making music. But, uh, yeah, that that performance couldn't happen uh, for one reason or the other. And then I got to be somewhere else with a dear friend I hadn't seen for a very long time, and I – I heard all these life lessons and stories and things. I obviously I had to get that message from my dear friend, um, yeah. but I wasn't meant to be there. I was meant to be somewhere else, but that's okay. The gigs will come and go, but yeah. it's great. They're there and your connections with people. Well, yeah, it's all pretty important. And, and you know, Tina, that that's the thing that uh, it sort of inspired me to do this podcasting Um I've met so many interesting people in my travels. Like uh, I've been fortunate enough, you know, and and same with you, uh, fortunate enough to to go to different cultures, different countries, and uh, meet all these interesting and amazing people. And that's what this whole podcast is all about. Uh, uh, the people that I've met, I want I want the people to know, uh, you know, the stories that they have, and some of them are just uh, amazing. Uh, so that's why I, I, I asked you uh, because, you know, I'm not meeting you for the very first time. Uh, we have a very, very long history. <laughs> um, uh, we went to school together. We're in the same year. We, we, went we to, did. And I yep. even found a photograph of you in front of the uh, – uh, in the shopping centre mall when we did a performance of Shay Shay Kool-Aid. Uh, oh, really? I remember how that song went. Shay Shay Kuvisa, Kofi Salanga, Kakashi Langa, It came back to me. Could you believe it? A song that we sung and danced to as year one, year two grade and the power of music, it came back to my head. I saw that image and it evoked 
all those memories and I was like, wow, like, yeah, sometimes the human brain can keep a bit of info up there, but music is so powerful and I've only learnt that as I've got a lot older in life because I used to think, oh, well, this seems – this seems kind of easy and neat and cool and I'm not, is this, am I allowed to just make music? Uh, but <laughs> but music really is, it's really powerful. And that was just one of those stories where you know, it's, it, yeah. it doesn't leave your mind. It doesn't leave your memory sometimes pretty, that's powerful. And, and even, even before that, like even when we met for the first time, like in kindergarten, uh, I do believe that my mother and your father actually uh went, went to, school to school together, together. as well. Uh, yeah. High, is that correct? Yeah, good old Walls End High now being renamed Callaghan College. Uh if you're a very, Craig. That is very <laughs> posh, doesn't it? Very posh. Well uh, obviously Callag- they would have got they I know, I, I, they're stepping up in the world. They obviously wouldn't <laughs> still be singing the uh, original We of the Walls End High, which is what we used to do with uh, Mrs. McLaughlin. Oh, yes. um, but uh, I'd say the song, the song would have changed because it's not Walls and High anymore. But oh, uh, but look, that's all good. That's all good. Um, yeah, I actually the music teacher that's there today teaching, uh, he's a really good muso mate of mine. His name is Brian McVernon. So I'll mm. give him a shout out because he's a really cool guy to know. And he's uh, he actually told me about his stories. He's hung out with Sir Paul McCartney and. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, a backstage of the uh, Saturday Night Live because he's got other connections, people who know people, and you just, you know, some days the circle's pretty small and all of a sudden, like myself, I was backstage when Shania Twain first came down under and did her first tour in the late 90s. And, wow. yeah, I, I got to meet all these really fabulous people and I got to, you know, it was like, once you started, you, you knew a tour manager or a tour, uh, you know, the backstage hand or, or it was like Keith. I knew his manager at the time. And then, you know, you could just contact these guys and try and, you know, be really nice to them and try and get a favour and get a few photos with your favourite star and away you go. And then sometimes it can end up more than that, like for you as well, Craig, with your mm. stuff with, you know, the Metallica gods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Life can really, you know, yeah, take you some groovy places. But um, like you said before, if you have a passion for it, and and same with Keith Urban, like if you have a passion for it, um, and you have a dream, you know, just go for it. Just try. Don't listen to what other people have to say. Uh, They have their own lives, and just if you want to do something, just go and do it. If it doesn't work, well, try again. So. Uh, I like these stories that, you, you, that you're bringing up. So uh, for people that, uh, especially for the people uh, listening uh, in China, uh, a little bit of background about uh, why I've selected you. Not only we're, we are long-time friends, but, Yay, uh, <laughs> but uh, in, in like looking back at it, you were, to me, you were like the first sort of, a musical star that uh, that I, I knew in in person. Uh, later wow. on, I met more, but yeah, like uh, like you at school, you were always doing the the national anthem. You were 
you know, you were singing your songs, even in primary school. I can remember, you know, you bring your guitar in and you were with your father. And then, yes. yeah, and then, uh, you know. And he just, had to actually play, he had to play my, can you remember how daggy some of these old memories and photographs are, but they're really cute looking back now. <laughs> you know, my dad is playing my hot pink. Uh, knockoff uh, Fender Stratocaster. It wasn't even a proper Fender because, uh, you know, I was a kid and your parents probably think, oh, you might pick this thing up for a year or two and then uh, you might throw it away and and it might not take off. But uh, so Dad had this it? little – I've still got that first hot pink oh, come on. guitar with, with a, <laughs> with a three-ply, you know, the white scratch plate. Um, yeah, but I actually think it might be three-quarter size. So when I look at the photos of Dad, it's like right up around his neck and, you know, kind of – you know, nowadays the guitar straps are a lot lower and my guitar collection is a lot cooler. Um, but probably nothing wrong with the pink Stratocaster anyway. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, if we're speaking guitars, and I got a, um, a, a Dan Electro, um, a Jimmy Page nice. 1959 NOS Plus with those cool, groovy lipstick pickups. And to learn about this guitar while I've been waiting for a shipment to come over from um, from Korea, which is where they're actually made today, um, that, you know, the Beatles and um, – uh, let me see. There's been uh, the Traveling Wilburys. You'll see um, George Harrison and uh, Jeff Lynne playing Danos across all the film clips and across their record as well. Um, so, yeah, there's some instrumental people that played Danos, um, but they're like literally made of masonite and there's vinyl wrapping around them. And they're, they're, even the bone nut, or the nut nut on the headstock nut, nut I should say, mm. is actually made of metal, and they're very cheap materials because they used to be sold through Walmart as a kiddie's guitar for like 20 bucks, as a toy <laughs> guitar. And they're the right. Beatles were one of the first bands to make that cool because they picked one up and thought, wow, it actually records pretty good. We, maybe we could do something with this. And then obviously the price rose a little bit more, but it was great that they didn't become unachievable for, you know, anyone who wants to have that sound and be creative. Um, so that's been something I've been enjoying, the challenge of, you know, li- listening to the sonic qualities of, of different musical mm. instruments and then just working out what my sound needs to be because yes. back when you saw me at school, um, yeah, they were – I mean, I'm just buying. I was buying guitars just because they they looked cool or groovy, and that, that's fine. You gotta have, <laughs> yeah, you, you of course. Gotta, you gotta have the vibe, and you've gotta have your sound image going on. Um, but I tell you what, if you're playing a tree trunk and you're losing your hand <laughs> dexterity, and you're gonna fail that next solo because you're just cramping, um, yeah. <laughs> and you you haven't really spent that time to. You know, it's like BB King with Lucille. You got to name your baby. Mm. You got to really get intimate. And yes. uh, I, th- I'm, I'm learning so much. And I'm, I should have probably already learnt this 20 years ago. But it's like, it, it's really refreshing now that I'm really been doing it so long. That I'm learning some great stuff about setting up your guitar and even string gauges. I'm still experimenting <laughs> on string gauge. And yes. I've recently reconnected with an old muso. Um, guru uh, who's based in Glebe in Sydney for your listeners that may or may not know Glebe is right in the heart of Sydney itself um, 
And this guy was sets up guitars for Tommy Emmanuel, um, uh, Ian Moss, who's the lead guitar player of Legend, uh, Legend uh, of, of Cold Chisel. Uh-huh. Uh, if you do or do not know that band, yeah, you'll 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 see them all over Wikipedia and the, the internet you're for Australia. On, you're <laughs> living under a rock if if you're from Australia and you don't know Cold Chisel. <laughs> oh, and Mossy, just the. the my my dear friend, and I'll give him a plug, Alan Rigg. Uh, maybe his phones were ringing off the hook now that we've had this conversation, <laughs> but he he's he needs paying forward because I'm sure that all the cool cats know who he is, and maybe he's their best kept secret. But um, Al, he's like the guitar whisperer in my opinion, because I literally just spent a day with Al uh, a couple of weeks back, and I. I you know, sent him an email about all my babies and gave, gave him all their names and all the things I thought I wasn't as happy with or some things that have changed with the instruments. And and he just, yeah, we, we got talking about Mossy that he would go into downtown music, um, Allendale, Allendale Road in Sydney, and he will buy each string gauge separate. He will not buy a standard wow. packet and just throw that on. It's so important to work out the type of player you are. Um, and look what Al was saying to me. I'm For a chick, and I've got rather small, fine bone hands and small features, <laughs> but I actually play really hard. And Al said I play a lot harder than him and a lot harder than a lot of the guys that right. uh, he takes, that, that he's looking after their instruments. And he watched me play, and we were debating so that, string gauge. And he that, was like... Just, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Tina. Was that just no, a style that you you developed, uh, just playing? It is actually. Like... Yeah, I think mm. though, starting so early, back with the pink knockoff Fender Strat, um, mm. of course, I'm I'm more influenced back then by my guitar teachers at the time, and I did change teachers as well when I got a little bit older. I went to someone else. So I've started with a much more softer approach and just the way I even hold the plectrum. Um, mm. And I've always been one of these people that I've got to play with the plectrum. It's funny, but it'd be great if I didn't have to. But then again, I, I just make it work for me. I'm just really comfortable with that. Um, I just love getting a lot of front on the note. And I actually yes. do what Keith what Keith Urban does. I flip the, um, uh, the, the plectrum so I don't play with the pointy end with the fat, uh, mm. it's the crisscross part that, and I only favour one particular uh, company. I, I just love Jim Dunlop uh, one millimeter plectrums because it's Classy. it's it's a real gritty bit that you'd normally hold with the finger. And like how nice. when I played as a kid, I'm just getting that little soft end of the plectrum, and the playing is more polite and it is light. Now look, you do need to do some of that sometimes. It's good, definitely for acoustic guitar parts that are more graceful and more inside. Yes, of course. I've, I'm changing the plectrum. I'm going for something a little a little bit thinner than a one millimeter, um, and 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 made of different material. But as far as any electric for me, those Jim Dunlops turned upside down. And the attack you get, and the, it almost rips across the string because it's it's not hitting the soft part of the plectrum. So I just get off on getting that front to the note, and if I've got the string set up in a way where the gauges are heavy enough on the top three, uh, sorry, the bottom three strings. So nice. uh, so yeah, the the uh, the E and the um, 
Yeah, and the A and uh, and 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 the, uh, yeah, and then the I, I leave the G, uh, the B and the E string, the top strings, much lighter gauge. So I actually yeah. use hybrid packets. I'm not as dedicated as Mossy to get by, <laughs> keep buying every single string in its own packet and then just making up my own as I go. Um, I love the hybrids. Um, I love having really light gauges of like nines, um, elevens and sixteens on the top. Uh, but then I want the the heavier gauge that would go with, you know, the heavier sort of 10 or 11 packet strings. So they'll go up to, you know, 47 for the uh, the base E. Uh, yes. So they're all a lot thicker. Um, and that's been a huge development recently just to kind of work mm-hmm. out the gauge of the strings. Um, and then understanding the instrument as well. Um, I've I really think that will really help a lot of people I, I have people come up after my gigs um a lot of guys usually they're just checking out my hands and how I play and they're mm. pretty complimentary they have a chat and uh and and a lot of them would say oh yeah I, I don't like this guitar I want to get rid of it and I don't have a Gibson or an Ibanez and I'm like no these guitars are pretty good guitars you've got you just yeah. you haven't had a proper setup before and right. you're going to just sell it off, you just don't know. The, the neck might not be warped or bent. You, you yes. might just need to try, you know, a, a rod adjustment where, uh, you know, you just tweak it back. That Maybe it's been the Allen key was turned the opposite way like it was on my necks as well. So I've been playing with them for 12 months, sitting just horribly wrong. Um, so, yeah, that, that will inspire your audience and, and everyone that I comes into my world now to – encourage everyone to enjoy to make music and it's got to feel good in your hands um but but most of the time of like the height of my career and the big gigs i had i was playing with archaic instruments really like i I don't know how i pulled the sound i did it was just sheer passion and uh and and look even butch cassidy talked about um uh, no, sorry, uh, Butch uh, from Garbage, uh, famous, you know, you know the dude, uh, yeah. producer of Nirvana's albums, uh-huh. yes. and and he talked about um, Kurt's acoustic guitar, like that it was a, a pretty cheap lefty guitar at the time that they had to just cleverly mic up in the studio to get get a great sound and tone, but so. Still, you can still have a vibe from a certain instrument. You don't be limited on what you've spent for it. Um, and also, it's it's about getting clever with how you pull that sound. And my little two bits worth is just making sure it just feels great because you'll you you I just think you'll play with more vigor, with you'll attack more, you'll um, sure. yeah, you'll your cup will run us over. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you've got to be comfortable on stage as well. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you a, a major performer, you're going to be playing for an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours. So you want to make sure that sound sound is very important. Like you said, you can have the most expensive equipment, but if it doesn't sound very good or, you know, it doesn't fit your – yeah. Sometimes the cheaper – Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the yeah. cheaper version, it, it, you can get a great sound out of it and – you know, so it just depends all on uh, your thing. Yeah. Great, great answer, by the way. Thank you. Um, 
so let's so let's let's go back let's go back um you know uh, at the start of your sort of uh, music career um your dad's been very very influential uh in your career um t- tell us about uh did he have bands was he musically was he a musician tell, tell me about that well dear old dad pete peter martin um he he ended up stepping up to becoming like an amazing guitar technician for me as a younger adult and as a child um and stepping up to the point where look he was he wasn't in bands dad's inspiration was trying to play um acoustic songs and record them on a cassette tape to woo my mum back in the early days in the late <laughs> 70s <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the, the long and short of it. Um, but then Dad, yeah, but he had – he's one of four boys, uh, the Martin brothers, and they lived in John Street um, in the house his dad built, um, and he went to our school, the the Walsen High. Um, yeah, and after just tinkering around and then doing his own mixed cassette tapes as well for Mum, yeah, he just – he always had a guitar in the house and there was time to and he would be inspired and he'd pick it up and tinker away and uh he he ended up probably seeing that my passion went maybe to the next level where I was I just kept picking it up more and more and 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 my 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 voice me, me and my sister Corinne we just naturally always just could hold pitch really well and we had really good ears and intonation and yes. we're just very blessed because, you know, obviously you can work on your voice uh, with the right vocal coach to, uh, you know, increase your, I keep saying that word vigor, but your obviously uh, your match fitness so that you, you can, you can perform longer and harder and, 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 and have a lot more strength. But, but the tonality of your voice, um, I think that's a very unique thing that uh, an ear, nose and throat specialist that, put, you know, took a look. He said he, he was raving to me saying, oh, you're, you're the, the shape of your soft palate is just so beautiful. <laughs> I was what like, okay, compliment. what do I do with that? Is that a pickup line? Is that a pickup yeah, line? Uh, I hope not. He was old enough for a great, great grandfather. But he, he must have knew what he was talking about because he was in the job a long time. So obviously the shape of your palate, uh, even like the, 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 the way your teeth are, you know, you know, the shape of them as well and how that sound's going to reverberate and kind of come in and out of that palate in that area, um, it's like recording in a room and then putting plate reverb on it and, and, and just how you can keep sh- shaping sounds just by the spaces you're recording in. So you can see there's a lot of merit to that. Um, so I think we're just lucky. Mum and Dad is a combination, uh, yeah. me and my sister. Just naturally, it just kind of fell out of our mouths. And I was learning and infatuated with weird eclectic kind of music, like some gr- great groovy stuff from Mum's influences as well, of like uh, David Bowie, Rolling Stones, Beatles. Uh, yes. So just naturally hearing a lot of that around the house. Uh, was, was was fantastic but also mum and dad both really loved Linda Ronstadt so it was because it was the time really so yes. I just naturally as a really little kid felt like I was almost emulating or mimicking her voice because I I, I had the p- 
power and the kind of it was easy for me to achieve some of that tone and I could kind of slide into her songs obviously not maybe Blue Bayou because that's quite a song to sing but you know most of her other repertoire it just felt easy and natural and, and I enjoyed it and um, and then, of course, listening to her led me down the whole getting into country music side of it. Mm. And Dolly Parton, kind of this all come up. Um, yes. And uh, she's amazing. She's written like three and a half thousand songs and can play 13 <laughs> instruments. Yes. Oh, my God. You go, Dolly. You're quite the lady. Um, yeah, no, she's oh, amazing. Um, and just so humble for it as well. Like uh, I watched an interview of many interviews, but she – quoted something dolly about her dad pulling her down a peg or two when she was much younger because uh they'd created a statue of dolly when she started to really become famous for the first time and she was like real you know proud as punch and telling everyone and and her dad had turned around and said oh um, dolly don't you go get the swelled head now because you're just another outhouse for those pigeons <laughs> <laughs> so wow. her stories the woman, like every, you know, colourful moment in her life, she's – and then all the sad times when, you know, coat of many colours and she's teased for the way she looks and her family because she's different and they're very poor, but she didn't see it that way. So it is really having a, a beautiful mindset that um, can kind of, yeah, take you into a wonderful space to – yeah, to be a great songwriter like Dolly and, and using that as fodder, all the yeah. things you've got to go through in life, it's um, that, that, that's how I'm, I think I'm hopeful that I'll continue to be able to write songs. I have moments where all of a sudden feels like it dries up a little because i got to keep doing other things in my life to survive and I want to have more time to just be dedicated to music again. But uh, when, I, when I am... Um, I just feel like I've just got so much more to to say, and I'm yes. and I'm loving to play again, and and just music's just I think for me just it's come in cycles, in waves of emotion, and I'm in a really great space. And I just finished writing a a song actually for my uh, for my wedding, but oh, but Eddie doesn't know. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, but he doesn't know. But you know. Um, hopefully he doesn't hear the podcast before no. the day. Um, but that's edit, our little secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all good. But, um, you know, I'm just loving that I had a song that I started to write a very long time ago. And I just, I knew it was going to be a great wedding song. But because I wasn't actually going through the process of being married, I think I... I just kind of missed the mark and I was overcomplicating some of the verses with my ideas that, and it just never gelled. I had this amazing chorus that was just felt so simple and perfect, but I just didn't, it, the song didn't, didn't flow and it didn't run. Um, so I, I hope for anyone out there listening that it, it's living proof that you can actually go back and revisit a wonderful idea when you're newly inspired and, and lo and behold, I've, I've just only a few nights ago uh, written a brand new v, verse one, verse two, and a bridge section, and it's so powerful now. And it's still quite simple and literally just talking through all the things that are about to happen to me on my big day. 
Um, but I w wasn't going to get that unless I started, I was living it as I wrote the song. Yes. So wow. it, it, music, it, 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 well, it's feeling really powerful to me at the moment. So I, uh, yeah, I, I hope, yeah, the listeners out there all will, will feel inspired to, yeah, don't, that you might have had a great little idea. And look, Brian Adams talked about it a lot that, you know, he's, he reckons he wrote some songs that weren't as good as others, but yeah, you know, I, I think. He's probably been very nitpicking because he's written a lot of great stuff. Sort of modest. <laughs> <laughs> very modest. Summer but of 69, we, anybody? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, and he used to say as well that he was just so humble and happy that if my music just covers the rent, um, yeah. then that's that's enough for me. But I'm glad he took it to the next level and didn't just yeah, rest course, on yes. those laurels. He's made uh, a lot of people very happy with his music, definitely. I know. So, and you know, I, I got to readjust as I'm still growing and learning, but getting older, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Bettina, but yeah. uh, it's, uh, music is uh, ageless. You know, you should be able to play music, uh, you know, you know, in, in your dying days, like you still be able to pick up a guitar or, you know, that that's what's so cool about uh, being a musician and just, uh, playing just being able to pick up a guitar on the beach or something like that and just play music so and and yes. to, to be able to give that gift to just like my friend last night that I got to be at her party for her birthday gathering which yes. fell on Australia day which is always pretty nice um and she I mean I I just picked up her $60 acoustic she bought off uh, um off Gumtree and <laughs> and it wasn't too bad. The action wasn't that great. But it actually, for what she spent on the guitar, it's actually it's, it's pretty good. So I, I, I just got inspired and I started playing all the stuff and, and she was just blown away. And then I looked over and she's bloody bawling and blubbering and then next minute I'm, I change the material around and then she's joyous and happy and going rah, rah, rah. And like, so, like, yeah, I, and she – she just couldn't stop talking about just how awesome it was to have me there just that I could, you know, just give my gift back to her. And she felt really special that I sort of gave her that on her birthday. Um, that. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, maybe I always underestimated that my whole life as well, that, that it, yeah, that that's my gift and it's, it's nice and people enjoy it and that's that's great that's it makes me happy you to make, make people happy yeah you're making a lot of people happy tina uh yeah. I, I want i, I want to ask wait, let's just go back uh, a little bit um uh when you were at school uh the pressures of uh you know getting a good education uh wanting to pursue your music career as well and then the sort of like the, the peer pressure as well how did how did that go for you like when when you were first starting off and when you were sort of getting popular uh in music well the peer pressure bit was interesting mm. i think did that drive you i do remember you? i i do look well, I do remember walking across uh, in between um, uh, A block and B block, uh, across the asphalt there and two-storey buildings, you know, long corridors. There's people opening, lifting up sash windows 
and yelling out a, a few obscenities my way and I'm not even noticing until I hear them and then I turn around and look up. Um, yeah. And it was it was just more silly things about um, uh, oh, it, yee-haw, it's uh, uh, country, uh, Marty the country singer, yee-haw, Marty, Marty Gras. Uh, they mm. just create nicknames, really, because that's what kids do, but that's all right. <laughs> um, the other one that was a bit disheartening was to hear a few people yell out, I wouldn't pay five cents to watch you sing or perform. Oh, wow. That was a bit mean. That was a bit mean. But, look, in the end, I've took that with me, not in a negative way whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I, start, I started to see it quite differently that, uh, look, I actually wasn't in music just to have everyone look at me and go, oh, yeah, she's really full of herself, isn't she now? It was just literally for the craft of being a great performer and obviously yes. being intuitive with the way you, you know, the way I connected with my my vocals and my playing and, and the songwriting and just having a great sound. Um, it was more just honing in on that skill set. So I really felt like I just wanted to be a true musician um but the country thing was hard going to a city school because the country music was so big in the states and still is that it was kind of like 60 at the time i remembered reading quotes to kind of make myself feel better and hearing that look 60 percent of uh at the time some 20 years ago um, of artists that were, you know, platinum-selling artists were, were country acts from Nashville. They were – and they yeah. had the, the largest fan clubs and they they amassed the biggest crowds and they were singing in stadiums all the time and arenas and their fans were so loyal that they could, you know, they could have one great album and then they could, on the strength of that, they'd make more music and it just keep going. And if you weren't either a country artist or a – or, or maybe a Christian artist, or maybe you weren't appealing to, you, mm. you had to be the next Justin Bieber, you had to appeal to a, a you know, yes. 15 to 18 year old crowd or a te- teenage driven music. Um, if you weren't one of those three categories, you it, it was pretty hard, actually, you had to really be good at your niche music. Um, so the country thing was so popular and I just kept thinking a lot of the time, I just really want to be in America. I really want to be yes. there because country music didn't seem like it was taken off down under, but this is where um, I remember carrying uh, my, um, you know, folder around with all the clipped up books inside it. And, you know, you know, we'd all put, you know, our idols or pictures across the, the binder. And I had pictures of Keith Urban and Fender guitars all over mine. Um, <laughs> and people like pointing at them going, who's Keith Urban? And at the time, I had Shania Twain on the back of that as well. And they were like, who's this chick? But she's pretty hot, the guys would say. Um, so <laughs> the image is, of Shania. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely gorgeous. And I'm meeting her too. She's oh, perfect skin. And she's, she's about my height too. But yeah, even trimmer than me. She's an amazing figure. Um, and I thought she was fantastic when I saw her live uh, on that first world tour in the late 90s. And she had that hit here with, if you're not in it for love, I'm out of here. So thank God that just sort of broke as I was kind of mid-high school or I was about to leave high school. And so, probably if that? only she if she had got that hit a few years earlier, 
man, I don't think they'd be yelling at Yeehaw, you country bumpkin, Marty, <laughs> Marty Gras, go back to your Tamworth and chew on your straw hat and Yeehaw. And uh, I think, I think here in this country, it has, there's certainly it's paved the way. Um, having great imagery and crossover music where you've got, you know, multiple uh, types of, you know, genres that you'd be building influences on and kind of shaping your music so that you can, yeah, so you can your, appeal to a bigger opinion? audience. So what's your opinion on that, Tina? Like, uh, I think we've talked about this before because I'm always interested to hear from uh, your side because – uh, at the start, you were you were singing country and western songs, um, and I, I've also did some research. And your dad that, likes to line dance to those too, don't yeah, you? Yeah, come that? on, just <laughs> just keep that little quietly, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, oops. No, 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 he's fine, he's fine. He he he's actually just got back into it. So uh, good on oh, your that's, dad. Um, that's brilliant. And, well done, yay. Yeah, he's got back into it and uh, he's doing it again. So. Oh, Cheers to your dad. Why, you're awesome. Cheers. I'll see, I'll, I'll see you soon. Uh, but hey. uh, a golden guitar at the golden Country guitar. Western uh, for best new talent in in '97. Uh, but like, and congratulations. And a nomination for Aria at uh, Aria? the '98 uh, Arias, where I was nominated uh, for best Australian country release uh, with Keith Urban, with Troy Casadaly. Um, who else was in the category? I believe it was Casey Chambers and Tanya Kernigan, perhaps. And, and, and oh no, sorry, we had Graham Connors. And out of the five of us, Graham Connors won for uh, The Road Less Travelled, which is arguably probably one of the best songs I think for me. I, I loved that song. I thought he that he had probably one of his strongest songs. Um, for for that 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 album that period of time, uh, but yeah, I was sitting next to Keith at the Arias that year, and we, yeah, wow. we uh, had our commiserations later and uh, had a few drinks and a couple of hugs and a nice happy snaps and and I uh, got some beautiful memories. Um, and Molly Meldrum was there with us too, so we got some photos with oh, Molly. Molly. We what got photos with uh, um, the guys from Savage Garden at the time. We're winning all these awards, my goodness. Um, and I'm trying to think. Very Carly, Carly Minogue was there as a guest oh, Carly. presenter. Oh, Carly. <laughs> so we saw, I saw our Kylie, and of course she is iconic, everyone, and she is a pint-sized rocket. Oh my God, I had stilettos on, and she was well under my armpits, and I'm only. God, what would I be? Five six? Like I'm, I'm not that big. Five, five six? Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, she's she's weeny and just so tiny, itty bitty, and gorgeous. Um, <laughs> so look, having like I said before, a great sound image is mm. really important, and that's probably something again that you know I I enjoy um, to try and hone that. Still honing it because I suppose. You want to display yourself at a different point in your life a certain way. I mean, look at the late George Michael. He had everyone with that whole got to have faith, faith, faith album uh, where he's got the aviator glasses on and the cool hairdo and the leather jacket and the uh, Gibson acoustic guitar and he's swishing around. And then he was burning up images in his next fo- um, uh, video shoot uh, and wanting to get rid of that image altogether uh, yeah. because – 
uh, he was over that look. He'd done it enough, but, you know, everyone was buying that image and loved that and probably didn't want to let that go. So as an artist, it's brave to kind of just kind of tweak that and change that. But you want your audience to grow with you as well, and I would think they would expect, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Britney Spears to look different now that she's closer to our age. Uh, yeah. She can't keep dancing in the same things she wore in Mickey Mouse yeah, Club. Right. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, she could try. Yeah, yeah well, she'd still dance the pants off like like she could. Yeah. She's an amazing uh, performer, dancer. Um, yeah. But, but the, Tana, Tana, what, what what I wanted to ask you was uh, about that. Like you 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 started in country and western, and then when Shania Twain came out, it was like the whole country pop pop. Um, do you think that that was a bit of a backlash uh, from like the original, like the people that just like the country and western sort of like original sort of uh, music? Definitely for the Australian country market at that time, I was going to be kind of focusing on being Australia's version of, say, Shania. But right. that's the thing with me. I think when that album of mine wasn't released, I then really wanted to, I just kept asking the heavens, what, where's my place in music? When, when things weren't sort of locking in and happening and mm. I'm still in a way asking, where's my place in music? So I'm just focusing now on just enjoying making music and getting really creative. And I want to spend more time doing music again. And, and I'm going to, Never let that go. It's so important. Yes. Um, yeah, more important than I realised. And I think if only I could go back in time and tell my younger self that. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just grateful that I'm reinvigorated at the moment, like your dad is with his dancing. So yeah, yeah. And but the, uh, the yeah, thing... but this 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 country. Back on that subject a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah at the time probably wasn't as ready for the album that I wanted to do. I think if I was four or five years later with that idea, it would have kind of stuck. Um, but you never know these things, you know, and um, my, I, I just have to kind of go to myself, well, I really want to, um, I, I just want to find me um, and whatever I do release, I want to be just so proud of it that it's not, kind of you know I'm not just selling out or um, yes. giving up a big part of myself and that will be scrutinized once it you know critics listen to it or uh, better still it's just each individual person that hears it um, what what they have to think so I, I've got to scrutinize it so much that I've just got to feel like I just I believe in it and I love it and and that's that's probably as much scrutinizing as you should do really. If it just feels like it hits the spot and, and you just feel like, wow, I, I've just, I, it just feels that this, this was everything just come together. And it just fell into place and there wasn't as many roadblocks. Then just keep going with it. Um, that's probably the right way to go. Um, but uh, but, but look, I but had to the... be true to myself. I had to be true to myself. I didn't, I didn't want to put it put a tag on me and say this is what I am when I actually yes. 
I was multiple genres because I told you earlier, Craig, mm. I loved um, hearing mum's collection of, like I said, Bowie, Rolling Stones. Uh, that was one of my earliest songs I think I learnt was like uh, the Beatles. Um, there was like a medley that they did, Stars on 45, with Beatles songs. And there was a, nice, baby, you nice. can drive my car. Yes. Um, and then... And then I was singing as a like two three year old. Uh, I can't get no satisfaction. Oh yeah, and I'm singing all that and um and then and then in the middle of that, loving um Olivia Newton John just because I just thought she was just so goddamn beautiful and mesmerizing as a child as a kid. I just wanted to keep watching the video clips and hear that beautiful music. And she always had wonderful uh, producers that she worked with. So, so Livy surrounded herself in some great musicians. And yeah. I know when, when she's come to the Hunter Valley and done some concerts um, and she, uh, Chong Lim brought quite a large orchestra and she sung with uh, oh, wow. John Farnham. Uh, again, the great name, great the voice, but oh, Johnny, the rest of the oh, world doesn't know Johnny Farnham. But what, the oh reunion, God, what a voice. The, the... The reunion, 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 farewell, reunion tour. <laughs> it yeah, seems yeah. like uh, <laughs> it seems like he's having the reunion tour for the last uh, twenty uh, for, <laughs> for the last twenty years. But what a voice! Um, I know, it, but then then because of where I am situated in the Hunter Valley, and it is a mecca for wine, because mm. that's some of my biggest passions now coming together is the wine and uh, and music. Um, Sir Elton John's been up and done a couple of shows in our valley and uh, attracted – Have you seen movie? Yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet. No. Oh. Is it great? Have you seen it? Uh, I did – I watched it. I did like it. It's a musical. It's a musical about his whole career and it's um, all, all his most popular songs and, and oh, so just about it. it's not acted out like the Queen No, um, no, no. Wow. No, well, it, it had to be different a, to that. Yeah, of course, and it came out around the same time. So, but it, uh, you will you will definitely like it. Yes. Great, awesome. Yes, well, uh, he rave reviews. Everyone loved the show. Um, that he's still performing with the, the same drummer that he's had, I think, for the last forty odd years of touring or fifty right. years of. He's, yeah, they're getting on, but yeah, yeah, and, and it's reminiscent of again back to the Hunter Valley when. Uh, uh, the Rolling Stones came to our area just before their, their their last gigs of their very last world tour, and that was one of the best live shows, Craig, that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The, that Rolling Stones gig, it was five years ago, um, yeah. and I can still feel it like I was there yesterday. It's just right. an image into me. And what it taught me was rock and roll because – You've got little Charlie there, like a metronome on that kit. And then you've got the boys just blaring. I mean, even, even when Mick picked up an acoustic, a uh, dreadnought guitar, and he's wanting to push ahead when he's playing and singing. And as a singer as well, when you're live, it's just natural to want to use that energy. And you, you kind of, you know, because you, you're kind of, you're fluttering inside, your adrenaline's increasing. So you want to push and go harder, faster usually. But Charlie was there and, 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 and Ronnie Woods as well. He was – they were all pushing the beat and they were they were just – they felt so far forward. But then yeah. Charlie, Mr. Little Metronome, he's winding them back. So it was this constant push-pull effect where all the guitar playing and Keith Richards, everyone's ahead of the beat. Then all of a sudden they come back a little to meet Charlie, 
Otherwise, they're too, too far out and they'll feel that. But then they want to push forward again. And it was just constant feel of, um, I don't know, it's just powerful what those boys created and the fact that they've performed together for such a long time. Yes. You, you you can't deny just how the, the synchronicity of that they they know who's going to do what and they they feel it but but because of that whole performance angle of that you know we're going ahead of the beat now we're pulling back a little that was really special and that made all the old material that they've been doing the, the classics that they've been doing forever feel fresh and new fresh. again yes yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hope and, I'm putting and, that into the right words, but um, no, that's just and, how my and, little no. brain got it. It's yeah. it's great because um you know and that's what the longevity of that band you know they're always trying to create new things, and they have they they would have some sort of country and western feel to it as well. So that's what I'm saying. Like the people, the bands that have been around for such a long time that have been successful you know, always have to, you know, the good bands are always re reinventing themselves, you know. Um, and, and even, like, uh, my band, Metallica, I mean, they uh, they played thrash metal for, you know, five albums of just pure metal. And then wow. all of a sudden it's like, you know what, uh, you know, we're, we've got successful, we're, you know, I'm going to do what, you know, let, let's let's try something new, let's try something different. And, wow. and they did, and uh, you know they they started influencing blues and, and jazz and, and like not not so much the they would have that still that sort of uh, metal but all these other things and uh, they went up and down and they had like a symphony, um, and you know they're still going strong, uh, you know nearly forty years later so it's yeah. Doesn't matter, you know. People try and pigeonhole like a, a certain band. Oh, yeah, they're, they're rock and roll, or they're the Rolling Stones. You know, they're, <laughs> they're all different styles. You know, so um, yeah. But I guess society wants to. You've got to be in one one sort of genre. So very yeah, very just, interesting. It's, it's like it's like building a set list too. You don't just start with all your thumpers and you've got no closes you've got to have right, this range yes. of movement as well so that color and that movement means bringing in other different color instruments for other songs i've changed different mm. guitars in my live show as well so that we achieve these different musical moments um yeah uh but with, what are we going to your... do when yeah yeah so I was going to ask, like, uh, speaking of, of, like, your set list at the moment, I mean, you've been playing music for so long now. How do you put a set together? Do you put just originals? Are you putting covers? Are, are you sort of – how do you sort of do that? Well, for the outfit that I am playing in currently at the moment, yes. and we're three-piece all-girl band, um, mm. we've got Libby Jones on drums, uh, and I've been saying to um, our audiences that she's the best female drummer, in my opinion, in all of the Southern Hemisphere, because I'd never met anyone uh-huh. in Australia that plays like Libby. So I just thought I, I just I have to put her way up in the heavens and give her Why? this amazing. Why because, is it? Why, Tina? Well, I, for Lib, 
beautiful technique. It's, uh, yeah. it's just a feel. Her, her technique, like a her feel, her feel, mm. and she she loves she loves rock and she loves right. a, a big range of rock classic material that probably spans over uh, from you know really the uh, late 70s uh, to probably the 90s. We're, we're we're kind of harking back to songs we grew up with um, uh, on the, in, in, in rock circles as well and just classic standards. Um, so, yeah, I just I just love her approach. She's the happiest drummer you've ever seen too. She just is joyous about what she does. And she hits so hard, kind of like as hard as I'm thrashing it. down on my guitars too. So there's <laughs> just an incredible amount of uh, passion energy high octane we're fun we we just love flipping our hair around and, and and just moving around the place and just being really you know getting that good eye contact with the audience and just you know and then go and then getting into our own head spaces where we just pull the energy of the crowd into what we're doing at the moment as we get lost in a solo um and and we just and then we'll we laugh at the end of the songs. We look over at one another. We're like, yes, <laughs> it felt great because uh, we, we just have this musical thing. connection. Yeah, no pressure, so, no pressure. You're up there having fun. Uh, you're not out there to like an image thing uh, where previously you probably might have been, but now it's just ah, relax. You make a little mistake. Oh, you know that's that's all part of the live process, but. That's great to hear that, that yeah. you're having lots of fun. And, and then yeah, who is no, the no, bass? Thank you. And our and bass the player bass? is, uh, her name is uh, Emma uh, Cagney. Uh, so Em uh, is, uh, yeah, she's on bass. And I, I talked to Em some 10 years ago about, uh, we, we toyed with the idea uh, in the background of our minds because we've just had a wonderful friendship over that period of time. But when the first night I met Em, we, we, we just, didn't want to stop talking to one another and we just had all this stuff in common and she just loves music and we met through a musician friend um my good mate peter hall who uh who's one of the the uh the, the head uh, national managers of uh, sennheiser australia um right. so i've i've well, I've worked with Peter. We've been in uh, in duos together, and yeah, done a lot of performances over the years. Um, but yeah, he's using his musical gifts in different ways now, obviously. Um, but yeah, we we got to meet Em through through Pete and another mutual singer friend of of ours as well, um, Alicia. So yeah, I just didn't want to stop talking to Em, but it never manifested. It was kind of like. Oh shit! You know, years ago by, we were like, oh, we talked about starting a band, and you know, and it just never seemed to gel. And then M was the one to ring me and say, we've got a a, a lead singer, and she's gonna pull the pin on this thing that we're trying to start up, and um, and we've got a, we, it was a five-piece girl band at the time, um, and they'd done just a couple of little gigs, but it hadn't really become something yet. And she was like begging me to come and meet everyone. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not sure that I want to do that. And I might want to just do acoustic solo kind of stuff. And I might not want to be in this band. And I put it off for a while and I procrastinated. But I'm just really grateful that our friendship, you know, got me to just go there, just to shut the girl up because I love her. And, <laughs> and I went and met everyone. And then it was just, yeah, it was just, it, it, 
it ate me up in a great way where I just couldn't wait to get go back to band rehearsal every Monday was our, is our day um, and we just kind of gel and get a vibe and work out what, what repertoire we want to do. And, and then I'd let the girls know my limitations as well because obviously yeah. growing up singing a lot of country music and, and, and different genres of kind of uh, no, a lot. If it's acoustic stuff and it's that sort of slower stuff, then you know I'm. I had to, I had to build my match fitness again and, um, yes. and try to tackle much faster material and 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 t- totally different playing styles as well. And when we lost the uh, lead guitar player, because again, the, some of the girls were you know getting married, having kids, wanting to leave. Mm. Um, mm. I had to just keep stepping up and bringing out my guitar prowess that um, that I might have not been addressing than I should have been, and it was always there. Um, and it's like it's never left me again. So it's been it's just been great to get the, my hand strength back as well because uh, oh I, I will pass on to any listeners as well that I definitely do enjoy putting some deep heat, whether it's called that in other parts of the world. Come or, on. <laughs> <laughs> or a do, doTERRA, uh, as, you, as you're getting a little bit older, there's a lovely doTERRA natural um, kind of emulates a deep heat cream and it's it's all natural as well with lots of uh, uh, essential oils that really soak into the skin. And, and I'll tell you what, because you've you got to make sure you're doing your hand stretches and bending your hands back the opposite way because you start shortening your muscles and you're pulling your hands around a lot. Um, and when you're playing a lot so stretching out and then I just found when I was sleeping at night if I just had a little bit of that essential oil rub on my uh on my wrists I just woke up feeling so much nicer so yeah Mm. you be good to yourself uh that's that's yeah like get get your guitars where you've got the nice string gauges and the and, and the fret action's not too low, it can be bad as well. You might think, oh, I'll sit them all really low and they're really close to the fret fretboard, but then you're going to be fretting out uh, when you're bending or when you're uh, cording as well up the neck. Um, yeah, you might actually be getting a lot of rattle and hum because you're not getting your cords clean because they're too low. So uh, I'm back to that whole very inspired by you know enjoying and feeling good as well and and all of that comes across in your performance and I'm actually playing with more confidence than I've ever played in my life and I'm I'm a better musician I've ever been right now and I'm just loving that so um it takes a little while to work that out and um yeah, 20 look years. at twenty odd years. Twenty odd years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, counting. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> oh, it's probably more actually. To be fair, he started. I know, like... and and my dad should pick up the guitar again, and he hasn't yeah. been playing. But uh, I suppose he wooed mum, and then he became my guitar tech, and uh, wrote my my charts out as well to help me oh. when I was really young. So he actually was going to our, my music teacher, and. Uh, just learning how to map them out just so, you know, te- technically it, really nice, solid, just more chord charts, but also with, um, you know, lots of stops and tacit parts that, you know, obviously as a band, if I hadn't been jamming with anyone, we could give them these really solid, simple charts as well. 
and yes. and I could play with house bands because that was what was different about my growing up was it's going to be so different for young kids getting into music because in the school holidays when you knew me with the pink guitar I was going <laughs> I, I was I wasn't staying playing cricket awesome. like you used to and all the boys and I used to love to try and play cricket with you guys but yeah. it was always hard to get a bowl or a bat god damn it um, at Plattsburgh <laughs> Uh, at Platzi, but anyway, it's the odd time I did. It was fun. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I just wanted to keep talking about the playing cricket bit now, but uh, uh, it was Dad just, yeah, learning how to step up and do all that for me and then to drive me to uh, uh, in the school holidays down to Sydney. There was like Hornsby RSL and Tookley RSL and there was the Reevesby workers and the Rudy Hill RSL. Cell yes, and yes. all these old school clubs um, that they had a house band. You bring your little charts, you plug in your little Fender Princeton amp or whatever I was playing at the time, a PV Bandit and your guitar in there and you talk backstage and show them your charts a little bit and we talk about a few key signatures or any tricky bits that might be an issue and then you just wing it, boys, and, and they're, they're very good musicians that – they're, they're schooled and bang, you can kind of create music that way just on command, which is an odd way to do it, I think. I'm just more <laughs> preferring to be in my little setup and we all know how we've, how we're all going to react and we've got a good idea because we've played with one another more times than once. Um, yes. But but that was just different as a kid to actually have opportunities to be in front of audiences and a lot of them were um, more senior citizens in style shows where you know they'd have a, a you know a cheap little ticket meal thing and a glass of wine and you could watch the band and they bring out this guest artist as well and you know and it, it didn't cost too much and you could enjoy music and an afternoon that way um, so again that also I think made me feel like I was 10 years older than what I really was it kind of <laughs> I yes. I've become a different person because I'm hanging around all these old school players and senior citizen style shows and learning how to talk a few gags and with the compares and and do this whole variety style show so that that's a real showbiz kind of angle and and, and I and I think the showbiz angle angle shouldn't be uh, squashed it it should be um, actually looked at because all the classic artists and I mean I'll bring Keith's name up again but I know Greg Shaw Keith's first and foremost manager and very long-term manager of probably 10 years and Greg did help a lot for Keith's early days of his career um, he saw Keith in like a five-piece band uh, doing like uh, a tribute kind of band that were going around all the big, big clubs. And I think the, uh, uh, the big twin um, uh, service club, uh, ex-services club up in uh, oh, yes. Queensland. Um, yeah, he, he, that's where Greg walked in and just happened to see uh, then young, very young Keith Urban as the lead guitar player, just doing the odd backup vocal. Oh. And he's the lead guitar player. And then there's a chick doing, you know, uh, Tina Turner's songs and there's a guy singing uh, Rod Stewart and that's one of these variety kind of shows to those kind of audiences I was singing to when I was a kid. Um, but, yeah, 
Keith having that amazing showmanship about him. Yes, of course. I dare say, coming from that upbringing of, well, do you want a gig or not? Hey, there's, this is how you can go and, you know, get some pocket money and survive and, and hone your craft and was noticed then by his manager at the time who obviously did help Keith sort of keep learning and evolving and moving to the next manager that he needed to be with so that, you know, uh, Greg was with Keith when they were part of Capital Records and and Keith earned all of that all on his own right as well. Um, but then obviously sticking at it and, and, and eventually having another manager's input, Keith just kept climbing and climbing. And But he was always this great entertainer. Um, and oh, I course. think, yeah, that, yeah. that showmanship, that I saw in the Rolling Stones' best gig live I've ever seen in my life, where Mick's strutting around and he's got the cord, uh, the um, looked like a Shaw cordless mic, stuffing it into the front of his pants, uh, making all these funny <laughs> comments about his, you know, certain, uh, you know, cover photography or whatever, you know, um, and and then he, he's changing jackets and he's running out the back and he's running out in a new outfit and. And, and Rod Stewart's another great bloke for that too. You know, great costume changes, and you know, always got this, you know, this 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 wonderful, um, you know, it's an older school sort of attitude. And 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 Sir Elton, who's just performed in the Hunter Valley, you know, always got the get-ups on, and it's there's this there's this real kin, kinetic energy vibe that that old school performers got and and Bruce Springsteen how it's just keep giving you know keep running around the stage yes, um, yes. <laughs> and uh, even though your guitars your I, I think Bruce's guitar is insured uh, insured for seven million dollars because it's been falling apart apparently but it's an incredible iconic <laughs> instrument uh, but it's the world's most expensive guitar those of you out there that hadn't oh, wow. uh, hadn't realized so uh so i've recently um acquired a, a 20 year old um reissue of a 1952 butterscotch blonde kind of looks like bruce's guitar kind of um and it's got a beautiful Very flame nice. maple neck yeah flame maple neck um on the front and then the back of the headstock there's all these like bird's eye maple pieces where you can see the bird's eye imprint um so real pretty uh but real the the, the body looks pretty rugged and it's got the old uh, vintage windings and 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 all the metal um yeah casing around uh the bridge pickups and all that so yeah and, uh, and they're really hot wired as well so they're a little bit noisy but that's showbiz uh <laughs> Definitely. so yeah so i and i call that guitar um i call it i call him bruce or i do say he's he's the boss <laughs> of all my guitars yes, because yes. he's my favorite um but i've been searching for that style sort of like early 50s telecaster for a very long time and i was just really lucky to this poor fellow had to sell it because, you know, he had some stuff he had to pay for and, and, and probably served oh. a purpose for him. He'd had it yeah. all that time. And, and and I've still communicated with him about how oh, much great. I love it. So <laughs> I love Bruce. Um, yeah. So, no, the, yeah, music's cool. But those old school guys and their just you know, costume changes and the lights and the – I do get swept up in that. I I, I think that's going to be really missed and lost one day. I hope that yes. there's a 
a resurgence of people that want to go hark back to that classic element. We can't, I think there's a real magic about that, but let's rework it for the next generation in a different yeah. way, of course. Yeah, sure. Um, but I'm going to miss not seeing as much of that now that these guys are all in their 70s and they're yeah. not touring anymore. But, you know, we've, we've got their legacy. Um, we've well, got I'll, give all you, of that. I'll give you a good example of, uh, you know, passion and just wanting to play and not having another job but just to play. Angus Young from ACDC, uh, wow. Australia, Australia's biggest rock band. Uh, Angus Young, he, he's like, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how tall he is, but he's not very tall. He's just a small guy, yep, but very. he <laughs> rocks out as hard, if not hard, as anybody. And he just, he still does it. He, he's just got that thing where he, he gets on a stage, puts his guitar on, and he's got to have, he's got to be tapping his feet, uh, you know, tapping his toe and he's got to be tapping, you know, he's got to be nodding his head and, you know, you know what I mean? It's just that, you know, and it's such a pure, natural mm. sort of vibe that he, he just gets up there and sort of does it. And I'll tell you another one, uh, Keith's story, Keith Urban. Uh, I yep. was going, I was uh, flying to uh, North Carolina. Um, I was doing... Uh, my thing with Metallica and uh, up in New York and then flew down to North Carolina to go to Atlanta and I sat next to this lovely lady and it's like, oh, you're not from around here. And I said, no, I'm from Australia. And and she said, oh, really? Do you know Keith Urban? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, Australia is just a little bit bigger than bigger what than probably probably think. But, but uh, hey, the funny thing is we might not be that – well, we're bigger than that, like you just said to that lady, but I, I, there's there's three times the amount of kangaroos in this country that there are people living here, so that makes us seem a lot smaller. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. But I just thought it was funny that how popular, uh, like you said before, how Keith Urban uh, has just taken over the U.S. and that whole sort of area – uh, Carolina, um, uh, Memphis, sort of area. He is uh, like a god to them, and, and it's just taken off. And like you said, you, you seem very, very proud of uh, how he's gone through that. You've seen all of it, right? Like, yeah. From the very yeah. Start. Mm-hmm. So very, very. I've got photos with him when I was ten years old, and my hair is really bad. We both got pretty bad hair, actually. We <laughs> drew all the hair styles. Oh, come on, Tini. you got to send that through. And all that. you got to send yeah, that sure. through so well, we can put it up and... Uh, no worries. I'll send it through. I got photos of us when I was, like, 10 and 12 and 14 and all the, the stages of my growing up and going to the Tamworth Country Music Festivals. And, and then as I got that bit older, having the, the, the honour of being nominated for... Australian Recording um, Industry Award as the ARIA, which they sent me a mini ARIA um, oh. in the uh, Aussie Post, just jammed it into uh, the letterbox and it barely had any bubble wrap around it. So it's got a little <laughs> chip out the top. Oh, no. So it's not as pointy mine, but it's like a miniature ARIA because obviously I was a nominee. Right. Um, but uh, no, no, like I'm really, really proud of Keith and. Uh, Oh, absolutely, and yeah, I'll send you some photos. No, no worries. Yeah, Definitely. no, but but he, and, and, he's such a humble person as well. Just a really yeah. great guy that 
just is g- genuine and and he he'd be the first to get off stage and you'd be like oh Keith you're awesome tonight and I'd be watching him side of stage and he'd be like oh yeah I, I, my guitar's a little bit in and out of tune and oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be better tomorrow night. I'll be better tomorrow night. And yeah, it was yeah. like, wow, really humble. Um, but see that whole striving for perfection thing as well. He keeps changing his sounds. Uh, he doesn't just stop at having a tube screamer and a, and a, and a late and, and a distortion pedal or, or, or a bit of digital delay. He, he just keeps, you know, he's on to the latest bit of kit and he keeps building that into his live stage thing and just keeps honing it and is always hungry for it and his guitar collection is, oh, man, it looks mad and I haven't right. seen him for a long time. But good on Keith because he had he had uh, Clarence, he's one and only faithful um, uh, Fender um, Telecaster and he had to just make uh, that guitar do what he could do for him when he was on just such a limited budget and and, and he changed uh, pots and pickups and rewire it and even pull a whole uh, pickup out and just you know have a uh, bridge and neck and uh, you know just he just kept yeah playing with his sound all the time it's pretty cool yeah right yeah two, two more things tina and then we'll we'll wrap it up um, okay mate uh, we could talk for hours, I tell you. I think so. <laughs> and, when, and when I get back to Australia, we'll definitely we'll catch up. But um, can't wait. It'll be fabulous. Love to. Definitely. So, so tell me about the current state of the of music in general at the moment, um, and, and what 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 your opinion of it is, and, and what sort of music, uh, new music, are you listening to now? I, I know that you like uh, a lot of the classic music and the country and western. Um, and you have a lot of different genres, but but what are you listening to now? Right. Well, at the moment, Craig, I'm um, I'm actually listening to a, a three-piece girl outfit that uh, um, Aussie girls, by the way, that are quite inspiring. They did a, a recent uh, uh, tour down under because uh, some of them are living internationally. Um, they've created an album called Dyson Stringer Clower, um, and that's their surnames. Right. Um, so we've got yeah Liz Stringer and uh, Mia Dyson and uh, and there's Jen Clower as well. Um, so these girls are pretty fabulous. They're um, multi instrumental players. Um, they write their own music and they just from years of bumping into one another at different gigs or festivals always talked about the idea of let's get together and create something but they kept putting it off and putting it off because you know that's just it's hard life and things Mm. get in the way so yeah they they took the time to get together and record this album and uh yeah it's a a 10 track album um and it's really opened my eyes to um yeah just their talents with their songwriting and also just hearing women play and playing a nice range of guitars as well uh mia dyson just phenomenal um slide guitar player and i watching them live as well I was absolutely blown away um and and Liz Stringer her songwriting and she even picked up the bass and was just thumping it so hard and I was just so impressed um I was just so impressed she was yeah and and obviously she had a nice sort of dreadnought guitar that she was really whacking the crap out of it and I (laughs) it's not that you gotta just play hard because you don't want to keep playing hard like that because um yeah you're uh 
my, yeah, my, my instruments must get a caning. Um, apparently, I I sweat a lot as well, so my strings go pretty crap pretty quickly. But uh, that's okay, you know. This is showbiz. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the the girls' album is is really cool. So uh, yeah, Aussie singer songstresses that uh, got together, and there's it's kind of a how could I put it? It's there's elements in here that are quite bluesy, um, a little bit sort of earthy and it's organic and uh, but yeah very sort of yeah rootsy kind of little almost sort of pop country little vibes I get as well but but these girls are all just wonderful independent artists um that I I do hear some you know a lot of American influences in some of their music as well um yeah which I really enjoyed wasn't just the typical Aussie release, so I just liked that. Yeah, they're borrowing off some other inspirations. Um, yeah, so really good Dyson Stringer Clower, um, and that's just what the album's named after their uh, all their surnames. Hmm, and 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 and, Liz, and Lizotte's is a really great live venue if any of your listeners are down under Oof. and uh, they're they're in the Newcastle region where Craig hmm. McGuire and Tina Martin grew up. Yes. Um, and our beautiful, beautiful friend uh, Yasser Hamed uh, and his family, where they've spent a lot of their growing up as well, and all these great people we we come to to know one another through. Um, yeah, but if you're down this way, you would uh, Lazotte's. Uh, they've got like a dinner restaurant in an old theatre uh, in the New Lambton area of Newcastle, and it's again this kind of old school red sort of uh, velvet uh, curtains and this old school kind of stage and the lighting's it's great. It's a great vibe. Great oh, vibe in there. You know, it's a beautiful uh, vibe. And it sounds and, great. The acoustic guitars in there sound, sound really, really good. If you, you know, if you've got a good sound there, oh, yeah, that's a good night. Yeah, well, thank you for, uh, yeah, for having a chat. I've had a great night as well and, uh, um Lovely to connect with you again, Craig, as well. I really, yeah, appreciate Not you, us having a chat. Not a worries, Tina. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, is there anything, before Thank we you. go, is, is there anything that you want to promote, uh, any websites, any, uh, you know, upcoming gigs that you have or anything you want to promote? Yeah, they're, they're going to be listed on uh, uh, www.prettyirresistible.com and you'll see... Uh, where we're playing next and awesome. you'll be able to hear some music and just kind of follow our band a little bit and we'll see where our journey takes us. I'm playing drums in a band called Star Maiden Apocalypse. Oh, and, I love the name. Uh, Fantastic. We don't have a genre. It's just like, okay, let, let's work on something. Let's work on some lyrics, you know, and one sound, one song sounds totally different to the other the other songs so wow just it's gonna see to how that go. versatility i'll send that through to you as well but yeah thank you very much for your That's time amazing. Tina. thank you craig uh, lovely to reconnect with you and uh rock on in 2020 buddy yeah so catch up with you soon cheers bye All craig right. bye This is The Sun's Coming Up by Tina Martin on Tell Craig Your Story.
Come on down 